Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Thank you for your prayers this week for Dean and me. This is not our favorite week of the, of the year. For whatever reason, uh, on the anniversary week of Bryant's homegoing, it's uh, always uh, a different feeling, some challenges, and uh, some remembrances that uh, are pretty deep, pretty powerful, not to mention uh, I'm trying to help some people get through some things, and uh, one of our board members, our administrative board members, uh, mother-in-laws at the point of death, been working on that this morning for friends in Chattanooga. We um, really appreciate your prayers. Uh, they sustain us. They energize us. And. Uh, I have to do something here today um, for those of you who may be visiting. If you don't know this, the teaching of the Word of God is central to the DNA of this church. It is what Dean and I have given our lives to for these past 26, 27 years specifically, uh, the teaching of the Word of God. But today I have to honor a vow that I made, and this is uh, not always easy, but uh, we know the Lord will give us uh, grace. So uh, would you join me in prayer? Father, in the name of Jesus, we yield this time to you. We invite you for your manifested presence to minister to this family. I ask you for special grace. I thank you for the incredible honor of watching a life for 18 and a half years that changed mine and has its fingerprints on so many countless lives today. Thank you for that honor in Jesus' name. Amen. I talked to you today after 14 years' anniversary of Bryant's passing. In 1984, I received the most exciting and the top three news of my life. And that was that after 13 years, God had decided to give Dina and me a child. What a day that was. What a day that was. On August the 4th of 2003 was the worst day of my life. 
on that day, in the last hour of that day, when it was obvious that my will would not be done, our will would not be done. I walked to Bryant's bedside as he was about to leave us, and I made a vow. The vow is an irrevocable promise. That's why I'm here today to say what I'm saying. And I made a vow that I would never, as long as I had breath and ability, I would never allow anybody to forget the incredible investment that Bryant Stephen Franklin made into our lives and into all of those whose lives we would touch. So today I live up to that vow as I do once a year. And if you're getting tired of hearing this story, I'm sorry. It's not going to change. I made a vow. And I will fulfill it by God's grace. What I'm here to tell you today is Bryant changed me. He touched all of you, and he continues to live on. Very simply, I'd like to say to you today that Bryant changed me in several ways. I can't exhaust the list, but just very simply today. Bryant taught me not to judge. One day we were having a conversation And I was talking about what an incredible, awful, awful choice somebody had made. And Bryant said to me, Dad, just because he made a mistake doesn't make him a bad person. And the Holy Spirit began a change in my life. And it's like this. Matthew 7, 1 and 2. Do not judge. Lest you be judged. For with the same judgment you judge, you will receive that judgment. My life Our ministry has forever been changed by that. This is not a place of judgment. This is not and will not be a museum for the saints. This is a hospital for the broken. And that's not going to change. What the Lord has taught me is this. I am not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does His work perfectly, and it's His job to convict of sin and to bring change. Not mine and not yours. Not mine and not yours. 
That's Bryant's fingerprints on this ministry. Bryant taught me how to deal with my fears. Several days before Bryant took his last ambulance ride to the hospital, and there were many of them, we walked into his bedroom. He was struggling. He said, Dad, I'm not afraid to die. This is an 18-year-old. I'm not afraid to die. I don't understand why I'm not healed, but I am not afraid to die. What about you today? What gives you the most fear? Do you have any anxiety or fear about your exit? What Bryant taught me was to face my fears. If I don't face my fears and walk toward them, those fears will control and manipulate me until they're faced. In your life, if you have fears that you don't face, with the authority of God's love and grace, those fears will eventually control, take you over. Even the fear of displeasing or disappointing others can cause you to be held hostage. St. Corinthians 1.7 says, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Whatever fear you have didn't come from God, but of power love in a sound mind. 1 John 4.18 says, there is no fear in God's kind of love. Perfect love casts out fear. What the Lord said to me was, whatever fear you have just means that you have not really connected with my love. And I told you that my love has been poured out in your heart by the Holy Spirit. You have Fail to believe it. That's the reason you have fear. Bryant taught me to deal with my fears, not to judge. He also taught me how to suffer. This is not a popular teaching. There are those who say if you have enough faith, you won't suffer. That is not accurate. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 1. I want to show you something that I learned through Bryant's journey. 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation. Tribulation is thlipsis in the Greek. It means overwhelming pressure. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble 
with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation also abounds. Our comfort, our encouragement abounds through Christ. You can't get comfort and encouragement unless the sufferings of Christ are in us. Now, if we are afflicted, it's not for, it, it, it is for your comfort and encouragement, your deliverance and salvation, which is effective for enduring the same sufferings which we also suffer. Bryant taught me how to suffer in grace and without complaining. Philippians 3.10 says that we are to receive the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings. Do you know that there's an intimacy with Jesus that you can only receive when you are identifying with the kind of sufferings that Jesus suffers with. Now, when I say the word suffering, a lot of you think of disease. But suffering has a whole lot more to do with our personal edification and growth than you may know. <laughs> Some of you have been stuck in turmoil and battle and all kinds of heartache a long time. Could that be the suffering of Jesus? Of course. Don't you remember what Jesus said in his hour of suffering? I could have called. 72,000 angels, 12 legions of 6,000 apiece. I could have called 72,000 angels to deliver me, but it was for this hour, for your benefit, that the Father has assigned me. Can I tell you something? Sometimes your period of suffering is long and prolonged because there's redemptive value in it. That is... You could get delivered. He's perfectly capable. But so many times he wants us to be developed rather than delivered. If you get delivered but you don't get developed, you're going to have to get delivered over and over again. So suffering can be having to wait on the deliverance of God. That's suffering. But it's also an opportunity it's also an opportunity to draw into a more intimate place with Jesus because you're, you're in fellowship with His sufferings. Delayed fulfillment of the promises is a way you suffer. Godly suffering. Do you not think the Word says that Jesus is touched with what touches you. Does it not break your heart 
some of the things going on with your family, does that not trouble you or hurt you? Do you know that part of your suffering is for you to invest in intercessory prayer for those who are suffering? But if you never felt any of that pain, you wouldn't be stirred to pray and intercede for other people. If it didn't bother you at all, you wouldn't be stirred to pray. That's godly suffering. Because you're doing it for the benefit of somebody else, there's redemptive value in it. It's on behalf of somebody else. Bryant taught me how to suffer because so much of his suffering as I have learned since his homegoing was to give Dina and I the grace to comfort people who were suffering. It's part of the DNA of our whole ministry. To comfort and encourage those who are suffering. That was part of what we were taught to do by this amazing young man. Bryant taught me not to judge, to deal with my fears, how to suffer in grace. But he also taught me how to fight. This is a warring church. This is a warring ministry. I don't mean this in arrogance, but I'm telling you this. If you're in war, you want me and Dino on your side. No arrogance whatsoever, I'm just telling you we know how to fight. In the spirit realm, we know how to fight. And in this world, you better learn how to put on the whole armor of God and stand firm. Because there are principalities and powers and world forces of darkness who want nothing but your demise. You better learn how to fight. Bryant taught me how to fight. His favorite passage, or one of his favorite passages, was Exodus 15, 3. And here's what it says. The Lord is a man of war. When Bryant got his driver's license, his tag was man of war. In the great, incredible painting that Donnie Finley the matchless Donnie Finley did for Bryant, depicted him as a mighty warrior. And I know part of his assignment today in, the, in that realm that he's in is in warfare under the command of Jesus as his general. Man of war. Bryant taught us how to fight. It doesn't matter how many ambulance rides he had. Didn't matter how many puncture wounds and tubes he had in his body. Doesn't matter how long the oxygen tubes connected to him. Doesn't matter how many times he had to get up during the night and receive injections from his mother into his pick lines in the last two years of his life. Doesn't matter. He never complained. 18 years old. Never seen anything like that. 
radically changed my life. I know how to fight. I may look old and withered, but if you're in a fight, you want me. Isn't that right, Daniel? And I want you too. This is the most incredibly warring, faithful soldiers I have ever seen in my life. And I praise God for you. But I'm not going to go on and on. Last thing I want to tell you about how he changed me. And I'm fulfilling my vows. The most important thing Bryant taught me was He taught me how to love. Do you know how to love is more important than how to fight? It's more important than how to suffer or how to face your fears or to judge. Not to judge. How to love. 1 Corinthians 13 is very, very clear. If I speak with the tongues of men and angels but do not have love, I have become nothing but a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and knowledge, though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. What I learned from Bryant was I had all these gifts, and they took me a ways, but I was nothing. If you don't have love, the Word says you are nothing. Nothing. All the gifts in the world. But if you don't love, you are nothing. So, Bryant, today, if you're listening, you've never, there's never been a day since your departure that your mother and I Don't sense your presence, feel your influence. You mightily live on, and you continue to make a difference. Thank you for allowing me on this day to fulfill a vow I made before God and before our Son. I have to tell you, though, there is one without whom I could not continue to live and do what I do, and that's Bryant's mother. She is the most loving strong, powerful, 
She is not a public presence, but you have no idea what it's like. You talk about a mighty warrior, and you wouldn't know it. I'm telling you, buddy, she moves heaven and earth. And the glue that holds this ministry together after all these years is right there, sitting behind Jim and Kathy and Daniel. Statistics say that when a couple loses a child, 70% of them divorce. And the reason for that is you're both hurting so bad you can't help one another. So I want to give the Lord praise and credit for His grace, and I want to give you thanksgiving. I look around this room today, and I saw many of you standing in the rain at Bryant's graveside where I visited yesterday. And I want to thank you for walking this journey with us. And I also want to tell you something. Would you just listen to me a minute? Don't take your children for granted. As frustrated, disappointed, heartbroken, aggravated, as you get with them, Don't take your children for granted. As long as they have life and breath, God has a chance to do His mighty, mighty work in them. Wayne, Kathy, had to say goodbye to Lucy, her daughter. Anybody else in here had to say goodbye to your child, Judy, Tommy? It's a journey we wouldn't want any of you to go on. But can I tell you something? We couldn't make it like we do without you and your prayers. I mean, I want to end by giving you just a little bit of coaching on how to deal with people who've gone through or are going through deep heartache. Unfortunately, many times Christians are the worst at doing that. First of all, I want to tell you, don't assume that a person doesn't want to talk about their loved one. When you assume that somebody doesn't want to talk about them by assuming, well, this is going to bring up pain, you were just trying to protect yourself. Don't be selfish. People who are going through great grief and pain whether it's a child, a parent, a spouse, whatever, don't assume that they don't want to talk about their loved one. That's a bad assumption. 
It gives you release and it comforts you because you realize that they didn't forget. Never have a year, and many of you have just been such a blessing to us this week. For 14 years, this man right here never forgets. Kathy, never, they never forget this day right here. You know what that means? You have no idea. When you say, hey, just remembering Bryant today, you're not bringing up pain. You're affirming. You're blessing. So don't assume. Secondly, don't use platitudes to a grieving person. Somebody who's lost a child or lost a marriage or lost a job. Don't use platitudes. Well, you're better off. You know they're better off. You'll see them again. They wouldn't want you to cry. All of that's nonsense. Nonsense. The Word of God says, weep with those who weep. Rejoice with those who rejoice. When Jesus went to Lazarus' tomb, he didn't say, hot dog, he's better off. He wept. Don't use platitudes to a grieving person. Best thing you can say is, I want you to know how much I love you. I'm thinking of you today. I'm praying for you. Leave it at that. That's a blessing. It's a blessing. Thank you for those cards every year. Thank you, Becky. Last, when someone is grieving, ask them questions about their loved one. What do you think the greatest thing about Bryant was. What would be Bryant's perfect day? What do you miss most about? Don't be afraid to ask those questions. Those are healing and therapeutic. Most of the time in our fear that we're going to upset somebody, we're really trying to guard ourselves not to get into an uncomfortable situation. Think about that. Well, we've tried to do a little coaching today, and I've also fulfilled my vows. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the incredible life that you honored Dina and I with. Thank you for the amazing and incredible care, the indescribable love that I saw she and Bryant thank you for changing me thank you for all the things that you taught me through him all the things I continue to learn from him 
I want to ask you, Lord, to help these who sit under my ministry that you would encourage them that as long as there's breath, there's hope for their child, for those who are hurting. Minister your love and grace. Bring about the desires of their heart for those they love, Lord, that are in line with yours. For those who are suffering through having to wait. For those who are suffering rejection from men. For those who've been terminated from a marriage or a job or from a team. Minister to them, Lord Jesus, in their time of loss. Comfort them, Holy Spirit. But Lord, help them to really get on the other side so they realize that they go through this suffering so that they can be a comfort to somebody else. We thank you that we can comfort those with the comfort we receive. Comfort all of those who are hurting today, Father. In the precious and holy name of Jesus, by the Holy Comforter. Amen and amen. We'll see you next week. Can I say one thing right quick? Sorry. You can say two okay. things. Um, several years ago, God brought two very special people into our lives. Wayne and Deborah. They have been a blessing to us, but not only have they been a blessing to us, last year, God gave Wayne a word about Bryant. And this just reinforces to me that Bryant lives on. He's not gone. He is still here. Wayne and Deborah never, never met Bryant. They didn't know. They Texas. But I want to read to you what Wayne, what God gave Wayne to say about Bryant. Gentle warrior, champion of life. From the very beginning, you learned to fight. The spirit within you was sent from above. You grew in a home filled with love. It takes time to learn the ways of war. Time so precious on this earthly shore. Your light grew brighter each and every day, mastering his skills, learning his ways. We all have assignments, some great, some small. You heard from on high, you answered his call. A leader to many, a wonderful friend, you stood for what's right. You followed him. The weapons you used were forged from a fire that few have seen and less did acquire. Branded prints can be seen to this day. How you handled those weapons, we all stand amazed. Our Heavenly Father has now lifted you to a wholly new assignment you could do. We look to the future for when we all see this gentle warrior, victorious and free.
We do love you. We've just begun to fight. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.